husband asked me a couple of days ago to share a message for today's church in the home, I really wasn't sure exactly what the Lord wanted to say. All I know is the Bible encourages us to preach the word, be ready in season and out. So here goes. This is what the Holy Spirit led me to share. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. But I'd like to just commit this teaching to our Heavenly Father. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it will not return void. It will accomplish that for which it was sent, and it will prosper. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to anoint this message, to accomplish that which you would have to say, Lord, thank you, Father, for the oracles of God. Thank you for rivers of living water. And thank you for what you want to accomplish through this teaching today in Yeshua's mighty name. Reading from John chapter 2, verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was approaching, so Yeshua went up to Jerusalem. And in the temple enclosure, he found the people who were selling oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers sitting at their tables. He made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple, with the sheep and the oxen, and he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Then to those who sold the doves he said, Take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of commerce. His disciples remembered that it is written in the scriptures, Zeal, love, concern for your house and its honor will consume me. There are different accounts of this particular story in the various gospel writings. But the emphasis is that the temple of the day had become a place of business, of buying and selling, rather than a place dedicated to the worship of God Almighty. Vendors were selling temple sacrifices at the most ridiculous prices. They were exchanging foreign or pagan coins for temple currency. Thousands of pilgrims would come up for the Jewish feasts, and money changing had become a profitable business, resulting in fraud and oppression of the poor. The temple area had become desecrated, and Yeshua was very upset, so much so that he took a whip which he'd made himself and drove both man and beast out of the temple area. This was because the hearts of the people were wrong. And it upset him so much so that he turned over the tables in his righteous indignation. And by this very act, he displayed his great power. He was certainly no wimp. It was no simple feat to do what he did. He was just so fed up with his father's house being turned into a place of commerce instead of a house of prayer for all the nations. So just as Yeshua cleansed the temple so it's imperative for every single one of us as born-again believers that each one of us, and I just want to mention here that the moment we are born again, we are born into a spiritual family. We become part of our Heavenly Father's family, spiritual family. Nobody is exempt. 
We are born again, become children of the one and only true living God through the blood of Yeshua. The price that Yeshua paid for each one of us enables us to become children of God. And what also happens at the moment that we are born again, in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 it says, Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God, for you are not your own? So our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then corporately as the body of Christ, we are also the temple of God. But I want to emphasize today, led by the Holy Spirit, this whole concept of spiritual cleansing. Just as Yeshua cleansed the temple in the physical realm, it's also important that we as born-again believers make sure that each one of us being the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we keep our individual houses or temples cleansed and make sure that we are not contaminated by the world system. And this is an ongoing process. I just want to give a few examples here. But first of all, let me just mention too that God has a vested interest in each one of his children. His desire is to cleanse and sanctify each one of us the moment we are born again and become part of his family. It's imperative that our spirit man is full of light and not darkness and that we do not open the doors to the enemy. How does spiritual cleansing actually take place? Well, it's much like a house which needs cleaning. If left, it's an obvious fact that dust and cobwebs accumulate. Uh, just as a little illustration, I was cleaning the patio of my home just recently and found to my horror a rather large spider which was living under one of the pots. And in an effort to kill the thing, I ran indoors to get a can of insect repellent. And to my shame, I used rather a lot of spray to try and kill the thing. But eventually it died, much to my relief, and I was able to get on with the rest of the cleaning. Now, spiritual creepy crawlies can interfere with spiritual growth if you and I are not careful to make sure that there's ongoing cleansing of the temple, as it were. God has given to each one of us, as believers, a responsibility to do something about our spiritual condition. Since we are stewards of the kingdom of heaven, just as it's important to keep a flat or a home neat and tidy, that's gardens included, because we are stewards, and we represent Christ and his kingdom. And just as much as in the physical realm, we are to do it in the spiritual realm. Spiritual cleansing is so important, and the environment we find ourselves in as individuals is of utmost importance. I just want to share this illustration. I've been going to a hairdresser for quite a while now, and every time I would go there, I would just get a little feeling of, even though she was doing my hair okay, and I was happy with what she was doing, I just noticed that every time I looked at her prices, they just seemed to go up and up and up. And I just, in my spirit, I was a bit concerned about this because I thought, you know, I'm not a victim here. 
But I was, because I just was out of integrity, wanting to provide her with business. But the last, the last time I went to her, I just, I thought this was the final straw because it was a day that there was a power shedding and she'd phoned me and said to me, well, Jeanette, can I please, she always called me Jeanette, could I please change the appointment because there's power shedding? But I was so desperate to have my hair done, I just thought, you know, I said to her, if you don't mind. But the, the issue was, I just said to her, no, if you don't mind, I'd rather just have my hair cut and don't worry about the blow drying. So I went along, had the cut done. But every time I went, she was getting more and more expensive. And the whole environment was, I felt, of exploitation. Rather than, I didn't feel that she had a vested interest in me as her client. And so I decided, well, I'm going to Google and just look around for another hairdresser, since I'm not a victim. And even though I felt that she's got lots of other clients, just leave it at that. And so I did. I googled and found another hairdresser. And then I felt that the environment of this new hairdresser was in the spiritual realm. There just seemed to be so much more light. I felt that this lady really had a vested interest in me as a person and my hair. She wanted her business to do well. But there was a different attitude. There was a different atmosphere. And it's the same way with our spiritual heritage, the spiritual heritage that God has invested in us as his children. He has a vested interest. He really desires that we do well, and he wants us to do well. But the responsibility is with us to make sure that we place ourselves in an environment where we can do well. And I want to address this because in today's world, there is so much contamination that comes from outside influences, which are not good for the spiritual well-being of God's temple. Each one of us as individuals need to take responsibility to make sure that we fill our tanks, as it were, with the word of God. Nobody can do that for us as individuals. We have the responsibility to do it ourselves as born-again believers. We can, obviously, with the Word of God, it can help us with teachings and messages, etc., etc. But ultimately, the mind has to be renewed by the individual person. If I don't take the time to make sure that my mind is renewed in accordance with the Word of God, with the truth, then I am susceptible to spiritual creepy crawlies. And the devil is constantly, the Bible describes him as our enemy, a thief who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And very often what happens in the world today is that people get so busy that they don't take the time to make sure that their temples are kept free of contamination of the world system. And I really want to recommend that to do this, and I'd like to speak particularly to the young people, that in order to make sure that, that your temples are kept full of the word of God, maybe make a plan to get off social media's networks. If you're on it from a business perspective, well, that's fine. But there are many opportunities that people have just to waste time, waste time with all their friends on social media. 
And that is not conducive to spiritual house cleaning. It is not conducive to keeping the spiritual environment full of the Holy Ghost and full of light. The devil will do his utmost to find a crack in the door and get in there. All he needs is a little wedge and he's in there like a flash. And the responsibility is of each person to make sure that no contamination from the world system comes in. You see, God is in the blessing business, but he cannot bless someone who is on their own mission. There's a temporary time maybe of blessing, but ultimately in the long run, unless a person makes a choice to do their own cleansing of the house, as it were, on an ongoing basis, God's hands are actually tied. But his desire is for each one of us to make sure that we are children of light and not of darkness. If we don't transform, if we don't renew our minds in accordance with the truth, then we are open to deception. And the Bible says that in the end times, in the last days, even the elect will be deceived. I remember receiving a prophecy as a young girl from the church family which I belonged to, which my blood family also belonged to at that time, my physical family. And I remember receiving a prophecy from a gentleman by the name of Camille. He and his wife had a ministry and they came out to our church at the time. And I just want to read a little portion from this prophecy which I received. And it says here, the Holy Spirit says, Yea, take of my spirit and drink of it more than thy drink. For I say that it is an unusual way that I take thee, not like unto others, but specially made for thee. And I would say to you that if you would try to figure out what I should do with you, yea, you shall be confused. But I say to you, have your heart, your spirit, and your mind opened and ever praising me. And then the prophecy went on and it said here, let me be your whole day, let me be your whole focus. And I was given this prophecy, there was more to it. I was given this particular prophecy and it inspired me to have a relationship, my own relationship with my God. And I had a friend who received a prophecy that day too. And I remember distinctly that this prophecy, she got the prophecy from Camille as well. The word was that she was sitting on the fence and God didn't want her to sit on the fence. Well, she did not make the right choices, sadly. And this friend of mine, I've been in contact with her periodically, but I know that she's not serving the one and only true living God. She never made a change. She didn't get married. She just carried on in the same manner that she was before. She was a Catholic girl and she did make a commitment to Christ, but she never ever continued with it. And she had the opportunity just like I did. We were both given prophecies that day. And not that I've had my ups and downs many in my walk with the Lord, not perfect by any means, but the issue is it's a heart attitude. And I'm just sad to say that this friend of mine who received a prophecy on that day as well, she never, maybe there's still opportunity for her to change, but her heart was not after the things of God. And only the individual can follow God. 
I can't force anybody on this earth to know God, to know him personally. I can't put the fire of God into someone. Only the Holy Spirit can. Nobody else can do that for anybody. It has to come from the person's heart themselves. And this is what Yeshua was saying that day, I believe, when he cleansed the temple. He saw that the people's hearts had grown cold. They were not on fire for him. And in this day and age which we are living, it's so important to be on fire for the one and only true living God, to serve him, to go to Bible studies, to love him, because out of a heart full of love for him, for what he has done for each one of us as born-again believers, what Christ accomplished on the cross for us, every single one of us should just be so in love with our Savior because of what he did. He has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He has filled us with his love. He loves us so much. And what he's done, I mean, his word is so powerful. His word is so full of treasure. And he just longs for each one of us to have a living, vibrant relationship with him. But he will never, ever force us to do that. He will never, ever force a relationship. He will never, ever force a person to want to go to Bible studies or want to attend church. He will never do that because he is a gentleman and he wants it to be a matter of choice. He so desires that the things of this world become strangely dim and that each one of us serves him because just of what he's done for us, not because of anything that he can do for us, but simply because of what he has done already. And he just wants us to have that love relationship with him. He wants the motivation of our hearts to be on fire for him. The environment that we find ourselves in is a choice. If there is a need for spiritual cleansing, you see, when there's contamination of the world system, then there is susceptibility to demonization. And this can also obviously come from generational curses and they have to be cut off. But ultimately, a person can be exposed again and again to demons if there's not a good understanding of the power of the blood, if there's not a good understanding of being filled with the word of God. You see, God desires that we protect ourselves. He wants us trained and equipped. He wants us not to be ignorant. And it's important that the spiritual environment in which we find ourselves, that we make sure on an individual basis that we are protected. I've been in environments, very ungodly situations, but the power of the blood is there to protect. The power of the blood is there to protect. But having come out of an ungodly situation, it's important to make sure that one is cleansed of any form of defilement, particularly if there's not an understanding of the power of the blood. And I think this is what happens, that when people go into an environment and they wonder, why did I feel so uncomfortable? Why did I feel so not good about myself? And it's because of being in an environment where there has not been correct understanding of the spiritual environment. And it's important to make sure that you wash yourself of any contamination so that 
evil forces of darkness, you don't pick them up along the way. An understanding of the power of the blood is imperative. All of these things come by being trained and equipped in the word of God to make sure that the spiritual house, as it were, is maintained. A person, for instance, who lives in an ungodly household where God is not glorified can still maintain his or her relationship with the Lord, can still maintain a spiritual environment even though there are ungodly influences round and about. If there is that relationship, if there is that understanding of renewal of the mind, if there is that desire and that passion for the things of God, many people have managed to maintain a spiritual relationship and a wonderful relationship with God because they are on fire for God, because they have a love for Him. And that's why it's also important to make sure that connection in a church family is maintained on a regular basis, particularly if a person is in a home or a household where that spiritual environment is not conducive to living the Christian life. So Yeshua was saying that day, the message that he was portraying that day when he cleansed the temple, he was just saying that my father's house has become a den of robbers. In other words, the people who are in the temple no longer are on fire, no longer worship and honor the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. They no longer have respect for God's house. And it's important that you and I, as born-again believers, have respect for the temple of God. We need to make sure, for instance, if there is an alcohol addiction, to get set free. Why live with something that is an addiction for the rest of a person's life when there is an open door for healing and deliverance and restoration? You see, God is in the process of cleansing spiritual houses. He doesn't want us to stay the same. I've never had an addiction with alcohol, but I have been set free in other ways because I've had a desire to be cleansed. I want my temple to be cleansed. I had an eating disorder, which I've testified before concerning and how God set me free from that. But you see, if I didn't take responsibility to get set free from the demons associated with that, I would remain the same. And God is a God of transformation. He wants us to continually be saying, no, I don't want to be the same. I don't want to remain the same. I want to be cleansed. I don't want any creepy crawlies in my life. I want to be filled with the light of the Holy Spirit. And the day that I eventually graduate and go home to be with the Lord, I so desire for the Lord to say to me that I reached my full potential as a born-again believer, and not just me, but my family as well. You see, as a mother, I have a vested interest, obviously, to help them to become God has ordained them to be, but through prayer and intercession, but I can't change them. And the same for any family member. God has given us the power of words. He's given us the power of prayer. He's given us as much as possible, but ultimately, Every single human being must take responsibility for their own spiritual development. So I'm going to just end off this session 
with a word of encouragement and just to say that our Heavenly Father is a good Father, a loving Father. He longs for His children to be in a place of empowerment, of victory. He, through the death of His Son Yeshua, provided absolutely everything. He has provided everything. He said, it is finished. He has already provided victory through the cross. He has provided prosperity through the cross. He has provided protection through the cross. He has provided the blessing in every way. But if somebody doesn't choose to take hold of that, it's really not God's fault. So let's just make sure that spiritual cleansing, house cleansing, takes place on a continual basis. Let's make sure as the body of Christ, as individuals, in our families, where the Bible says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And may that be held true in every home, in every single home that is represented in this church fellowship, our Father's House Church Fellowship, and not only in our particular church fellowship, but also in the entire body of Christ that the church of Yeshua, Hamashiach, will rise up and be who God ordained her to be because every single person as an individual has taken responsibility to make sure that his or her relationship with the one and only true living God is a relationship that is on fire of passion for God and passion for the things of God, passion for what God has provided and a passion to see the kingdom of God extended on this earth. May everybody who is listening to this teaching be blessed in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen.